So, can I ask you guys to stand with me and pray? Because if God doesn't speak to us tonight, you're not going to learn anything. I might be speaking, but you're not going to hear anything that's going to impact you. So, let's pray that God is the one who um, speaks to each one of us tonight and that he would reveal truth to us. Lord, would you speak through your spirit to us? Um, Would you speak through me? Would the words that I say not be void, but would they be um, edifying? Would they be encouraging? And would they do all of that through your spirit? God, would you um, speak to everyone in this room tonight? Would you teach them something new about yourself? And would you draw them closer to you every single day? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Oh, man. So who knows where we're at? (laughs) We're in Acts 20. What's going on? What happened last week? Oh, yeah. He died. And then what happened? What was the good news? He lived. Paul raised him from the dead. Um, Right, he, like, grabs him and, like, embraces him, and it's this crazy, crazy scene. Can you imagine Paul running down those stairs like, oh my goodness, (laughs) what has just happened? Um, So we're we're continuing our study in Acts. We're we're reading about what Jesus and the Spirit of Jesus was doing in the disciples. Um, This is not the end of the story. This is the continued story, and we're a part of it. We're a part of what is going on in this story um, and, and what um, God's spirit is doing on the earth hasn't finished. It continues with you and I um, and, and with every believer. Um, we all have God's spirit living in us. And so we, we get to be part of this story. Um, but this is the written story um, written down by Dr. Luke, who was writing specifically following Um, or seems to be following Paul. And actually, right now in the story, Luke and Paul are together, and they are together in Troas. So we, last week, we read um, from verses 6 through 12, and this week, we're going to be reading through 13, uh, 13 through 16. So I'll read it, read it out loud. I haven't got it on the screen, because no one's back there. So you've got to read along with me. So uh, verse 13, But we, this is Paul's group of people traveling together, um, and this is Luke writing, and he says we, like he's with them. Going ahead to the ship, set sail for Asus. I'm going to say Asus, even though it's probably like Asos. Um, Intending from there to take Paul on board. For so he had arranged it, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Asus, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. Sailing from there, we arrived the following day opposite Chios, and the next day we crossed over to Samos, and the day following we came to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. So I want to kind of like establish some, some facts for you guys. Um, Paul and his companions, they're on their way to Jerusalem with the money that they've collected from the churches. 
in in the region, these Gentile churches, and they're going to support um, the church in Jerusalem, who's been facing some difficult times. They've been facing persecution and all sorts, and a bunch of them sold all of their houses, and so they don't have much money. Um, but um, like this account begins literally right right where we left off yesterday, when Paul had spent all night teaching. He's, you know, staying up until midnight. Eutychus falls out of the window. Um, Eutychus is raised from the dead. And Paul continues teaching, not only um, just a little bit longer, but all the way until daybreak, um, which I think is a little crazy. Um, <laughs> so this account begins, like, right there. Um, and um, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to know, um, like, wanted to point out was that in verse 14, you see that, um, like, Paul um, met, um, met like, this crew. Um, he had met his people after, um, after they had already al- arrived. So when he met us, so when Paul met us at Asus, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. I want to point that out because I think, like, there are a couple of really interesting things in this passage, and there's also some confusion, right? Because Paul, in verse 16, we see that he's deciding to sail past Ephesus because he doesn't want to spend time in Asia because he's hurrying to get to Jerusalem. So why would he be in this situation where, Everyone's waiting on him. He's the one in the hurry, but suddenly, like, his companions are waiting for him at Asus because what do we see in verse 13? That Paul had arranged it, intending himself to go by land. So I I made some fun maps, and and this is what we're going to figure out tonight because that's the big question that we're going to be looking at is, why did Paul do this? Like, why did Paul separate himself from the group and why did he like take longer to get there it's it's strange so i spent some time like making some maps so you got to bear with me i think this might be really fancy no 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 i i i think i have it yeah this this might be fun no it's this one it's two okay so um Oh, my goodness. Here it is. Okay. So, can you see? So, this is the Adriatic. Um, this area right right here. Aegean. Sorry. Not the Adriatic. I was wrong. Almost. This is the Adriatic right here between Italy and Montenegro and that, that kind of area. This is the Aegean Sea or in Greece. Um, this is Macedonia. And Philippi is somewhere around here. I don't have all of the points. I, I put down points for where these places are, but I didn't put down all, all of where Paul had been. But he's been coming back along the coast with this ship. And now we're right here. Okay. So you see this little peninsula right here. Um, it's a little outcrop of land. Um, now I'm going to show you the location. So here it is. So this is Troas. Right, right up here, and then this is Asus. Um, there are some ruins in here, and I tried to put the, the pins on where there are like ruins of ancient cities. Things might have moved around a little bit, but 
you know, I think this is pretty close. And one of the things that I found interesting, like, about this is that, like, this distance doesn't look super long. It kind of makes some sense if you were walking. You know, you kind of cut off the corner. But if you were walking as the crow flies, it's about 20 miles. But I was like, you know, you can't just walk straight over every mountain and valley in the way. And as you can see, it's pretty mountainous. Um, so I went on Google Maps and I did, did a fun thing. So um, there are two routes. So there's, there's this route. Um, you can either go inland and kind of cut along here. And that, that is a journey of 30 miles. And that would have taken Paul 10 and a half hours to walk. Um, and the, the other route, which I, I think, I don't, I don't know. We're, we're probably splitting hairs here about which way he went. But there's this route. And this, this one does look more fun. It's by the sea. It's probably the more scenic route. You know, he probably got to see as he was walking this way. Maybe he could see the ship, like, you know, going through going through the sea. He was like waving to his his friends on the on the ship. I don't know, but one of the things that I was like wondering about when I was looking at this was like, man, that's a long way. I don't know about you if you've ever walked any amount of distance, but that's a long way. Like I've done some hikes, some like 20, 20 plus mile hikes, and it's like that's a long day's work. And if you're walking with water and any other supplies, it's it's heavy. You got to carry it all. And I'm beginning to wonder, like, could Paul have done this in a day? And I, I don't know. Um, and and I kind of have some, I have some ideas. Um, Daniel and I were kind of like going back and forth about this. I think he must have camped. And I think there are some things that point to that in this in this passage um like one this distance like if you think about the distance how far is 30 miles like if you were saying somewhere in arlington where's somewhere that we all know like i've got a i, I made a little line and i bet okay this is gonna be fun okay so i made a line and i want you to tell me how long this line is going to be i made a line from the beginning of cooper street by uh, River Legacy, how far do you think that you could get if you were walking 30 miles? Do you think it would be the Parks Mall? From from the beginning of Cooper Street. So you're walking along Cooper Street? So you think Waxahachie? Yeah, you're going south down Cooper. S Steve's house? Um, not, I don't think it's quite that long because I drive, my drive to my house from Arlington is 63 miles. Okay, so can you see this this line? So this line along Cooper Street, I, I plotted this, this line and I, I drew it all the way down and I drew it all the way to Steve's house and not only to Steve's house, but beyond Steve's house almost into downtown Alvarado. So, 30 miles is a really long way. Can you imagine walking in a day, you haven't slept, you're like, you know, you've just coming down from this like crazy thing, but... Uh -huh. In the wilderness? 
Mm. Amen. I I would love to see that. I would love to, when we get to heaven, we can ask Paul, hey, were you in the power of the Spirit? And did you walk that 30-mile journey with no sleep, carrying your water in one day? Um, I don't think he did. Have a have a look. Have a look at verse 14. One of the things, like in verse 14, we already kind of pointed out. They picked up Paul, right? So they they were waiting for him. One thing, and the second thing is that it seems like how it's written. In that same day, they came to Mitlene, and if you think about that, if the minimum time that it would have taken was about 10 hours. Paul must have set out really early in order for him to arrive in Asus, in order for them to then set out on the ship again. Oh, I haven't even showed you. Oh, man. Okay, here we are. Okay, so now we're going to look at the ship's route. Oh, my goodness. I had so much fun. So, um, so you can see here, this, um, this journey, the ship is this orange, orange line. They, they arrive in Asus. Mitlene isn't much further, and I imagine, imagine what happened is if Paul was walking, if he camped that first night, and then on, so Mitlene is right here, so if Paul had camped the first night, and then on the second day he had arrived in Asus, what would that mean? It would mean that, you know, maybe around noon he's getting into Asus, and they could make it easily to Mitlene before it gets dark, because you probably don't want to be parking your ship uh, in the dark. You know, they didn't have big floodlights and things like that, so you've got to navigate a harbor and all of that stuff. So they're probably taking it nice and easy, and I had so much fun plotting this out. Like, you know, they go from Mitlene through the strait, like here at Chios, like Chios is this big place, and I imagine they probably stayed around here and then sailing on. But we're focusing here on like why why Paul did this. You know, I've kind of given you some more backstory about like whether, you know, whether he did this in one day or two days, but it doesn't really answer this question of like what Paul's objective was. Um, like really, like what do you guys think? Do you guys have some ideas like why Paul might have done this and why he might have spent really like two days, they could have done this journey in one day, but why he, he wasted a day by, by walking um, when he could have just rode on the ship. You guys have some thoughts, Snowy? My first thought was that he was just tired. <laughs> he was an introverted, like, and I think that's it. Like, but I think there are some additional things that I'm going to point to, which maybe will blow your mind a little bit. I don't know. I I think I think I've got a really good like slam dunk point for you um, tonight, and and we'll get to it. It's going to be fun. So, I think that that is what Paul was doing. I think Paul wasn't just like 
doing this for no reason. Obviously, he's in a hurry. He's trying to get to Jerusalem by Pentecost, and the time that he, he spends is valuable. And so why, why spend this extra day walking? And I think the answer is that he really needed and wanted to hear from the Lord. And um, I think one of the ways that, that Paul has done that in the past, and he's heard of Jesus doing the same, is by getting away from people, getting solitary, going camping, experiencing nature, and hearing from the Lord. Um, right. So, I want to look at verse 22 and 23, because Paul isn't just, like, doing this for no reason. Like, in verses 22 and 23, it says, and now behold, so Paul, this is fast-forwarding, like, literally a week, um, to when Paul is speaking to um, people from Ephesus about about what what what's going on and what he's feeling. He says, and now, behold, bound in spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. And so, we see that Paul knows that something difficult is coming. He knows that he's got a challenge awaiting him. He's just got done you know, in Troas, spending seven days with these people who are, like, hungry, who want to hear him speak. And now, and, and whether, that, whether he already knew or whether, like, he's, he's figured, figured out, he knows that he is approaching difficult times. Um, and perhaps he was, you know, out camping um, to prepare himself for that. Um, and I think that that's something that we see um, with Jesus. Like in, in Gethsemane, we talked about like what Jesus did in Gethsemane, and, and we read that passage last week. But Jesus wanted to be close to his disciples, yet at the same time, he goes on a little bit further to get away from them so that he could really like talk to the Lord. Um, and one of the things that, one of the patterns that you see Jesus uh, operate in, you see in Mark 1, 35, um, where it says, and in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded p- place and prayed there for a time. So, you know, we see, you know, Paul is facing this difficult, difficult, I, I don't know if it was a decision, but just difficulty, um, and, and we see Jesus doing, doing the same thing, um, that when he was faced with difficulty, um, he went with his disciples, but he separated himself to spend time in prayer. And I started wondering, like, what if Paul had history in this area? Like, did Paul have, you know, had Paul been up, you know, maybe, you know, to these mountains, you know, this, this, the inland route actually brings you by the highest peak in the area. This this mountain right here is probably 600 and 660 meters above sea level, um, which is the highest point in the area. 
So maybe, you know, Paul had been been there, you know, could he have been there in the past? And I started like wondering and thinking like, okay, when was Paul last in Troas? And and this is like when I hit hit the gold. So I was reading um, back and Acts 16, verse 8 and 9, and passing by um, Mycenae, they came down to Troas, verse 9. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we don't get much detail there. And really, like Paul's whole second missionary journey, we don't hear much about. But, you know, is it possible, you know, or would it be possible that Paul had been in Troas and was out hiking one night, you know, maybe camping, you know, in in one of these very spots and had this vision from the Lord about a man from Macedonia. And then when he's back in Troas, he's thinking, you know what I need? I need to go on a hike. I need to hear from the Lord. I need another vision to strengthen me for what is coming. Um, and so the question that I'm sure you're all asking, because everyone wants to know, like, what, what can we learn? Like, what can we apply from, you know, Paul's life and this journey to our lives? And I think um, there are a couple of things that I wrote down. It said that we can learn that taking time to pray is more important than being somewhere on time. <laughs> and that's maybe a little bit of a joke, but it's true. Like, taking time to pray is more important than being on time. It's more important than getting to the destination or doing the thing or being productive, taking time to pray is more important. And I think I need to hear that. I need to know that. And something that Steve says, like, no Bible, no breakfast. And I know that Steve doesn't mean it, like, literally all of the time, but he means the weight of it. The Bible is more important than your breakfast. And you need to read your Bible. Um, so, like, I think the other thing that we can learn is that um, when we need to hear from the Lord, when there's a difficult decision uh, in front of us, when we're facing um, challenging times, whether it's um, family, friends, work, school, whatever, when you need to hear from the Lord, you might want to take the time to really seek the Lord. And it might take getting away from normal routine. It might take separating yourself from the day-to-day, -day, the busyness, the noise of the city. It might take driving an hour to, you know, one of the lakes or nature reserves and taking that time to hear from the Lord. Um, like, I have a, a kind of testimony, I guess, um, when um, the Lord, like, told me to stay here in the U.S., um, I wrestled with that for a long time. You know, I was wondering, like, okay, like, what should I do? How, how should I do it? When should I do it? Like, what should I be doing? Um, and there was, um, I think there was, like, a, a week that I was, it was, like, the final week before I could get on. I had a flight booked to come back to the UK from here. 
and it's this final week and we were going on like a youth so I was working for a church doing youth ministry and we were going on like a youth conference thing um I think it was somewhere in Oklahoma I don't really remember um but we were you know we were out you know in the the boonies I think that's what what it's called is that right boonies okay we're out in the boonies um beautiful-ish. I don't know. I don't, you've probably been to other pl- parts of the world other than Texas. Texas is pretty du- dry, I find, but it was fun. Um, and I was wondering, like, Lord, is this really you? Is this really what you want me to do? Is this really what you have for me? And um, we had some free time. It was like a free afternoon. All of the students were playing games and doing things and 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 so I went for a walk I went for a long walk I was gone for like three or four hours it was fun um and the Lord like I was just like okay God where do you want me to go and he took me and directed me around and I just wandered around and found myself you know in a dry riverbed and had like really like it's fun (laughs) you I I don't know um, like, it really cemented for me in my mind that, like, the Lord was telling me to stay in the U.S., and that was helpful, and I think that you guys have probably experienced things like that, where you have not known, like, what it is that you're supposed to do, and you've not known um, what to say or what um, what you're supposed to do, and you've needed the Lord to give you guidance and I would encourage you to go camping. <laughs> um, yeah, I have some some discussion questions. So, um, yeah, you guys should go have fun. These are these are good discussion questions this week. I got some fun ones. So, yeah, man, that's it. But go 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 discuss. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Oh yeah.